Welcome to Two Pete's in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to January of 2023. This is Two Peas in a Podcast, and I'm Michael Platten, and I have Simon Strawn with me. Good morning, and hello, everybody. Hello. Right, today we are actually starting this season off with something that's very topical at the at this point, and that is measles. We currently have a measles outbreak, and if you haven't seen it, you will be seeing it quite soon, at least in the schools and around in mom's groups and everything. Seeing that there's a measles outbreak, hopefully not seeing measles. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's what we're talking about. How to prevent it and what it is, how it's transmitted, and just all the information that you would need uh, going ahead. From next week, we'll be carrying on with our normal uh, podcasts, but today is a special episode. Right. So, what is measles? It's a virus. It is. It is a virus. So it's a virus that affects uh, the body. It's transmitted via respiratory droplets, almost like a, uh, a common cold. It gets in through the eyes, the nose, the mouth. And the incubation period is 10 to 14 days. And from there, that's where you're going to be seeing most of your symptoms. So, that, so let's just unpack what that means. So the incubation period means that you get the virus. The virus has entered your body through these droplets, entered into your throat, and then distributed through your body through your the lymph glands, the little glands that you can feel that come up in your neck sometimes when you're sick, they get distributed through that. And it takes about 10 to 14 days for you to start feeling sick and showing symptoms. Hmm. All right. Um, measles is the most contagious viral infection that we know. Can I unpack hmm. that a bit more? We're unpacking a lot. So with COVID, our infection rate is about 2 on average. For measles, it's between 12 and 18. So you're going to infect 12 to 18 Correct. unvaccinated yeah. people for every infection that you have. Yeah, during COVID, they re refer to that as the reproductive rate of the infection. So that's right. Mm, or the R0. <clears throat> the R0, yeah. But the period for which it's contagious, in other words, a time where you can spread it easily from one person to another, happens one day before you start feeling sick. As with respiratory viruses as well. Yeah, one day before you start feeling sick, which is about four days before the rash starts. And you are contagious for at least four days after the rash. So after the rash disappears or yeah, appears? after the rash disappears. Okay. So I think that um, it's probably a good time tonight to say, okay, so what? how does measles present? So we know it gets into you. It's a droplet infection. It's a respiratory virus. And it produces cough. It produces... A snotty congested nose, it causes red eyes, so called conjunctivitis. The cough that it causes often is sounds a bit creepy. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to experience as a parent uh, of the child, hopefully not yourself. And the fever. Well the fever I'm gonna get to now okay. because the fever the fever doesn't the, the fever starts um, and the fever may last three or four days. But with that comes all of this cough conjunctivitis. Mm -hmm. And the point I'm, the reason I said hang on with the fever was because there's an association now between when does the rash start and when does the fever start. Ah, oh, right. Okay. And the important thing is that the rash doesn't start at the beginning, mm -hmm. usually. What happens is you get a bit of a fever which builds over four, three or four days, maybe five days, with these other upper respiratory 
cough conjunctivitis, chorizo it's called, which is a runny nose, uh, and the creepy sound. When we examine the child, we may see some funny spots in the back of the throat, but don't worry about those called coptic spots, but that's actually quite difficult to see. But the rash develops about four days in, Mm. uh, and the rash will start on the face and the neck and spread all over the body as red marks all over the body. Not mild. It is a very easy rash to see. I suggest you Google it and have a look at it. Mm. Can actually look quite angry. It can, and I think that's that's a very good kind of segue into what I'm going to say next is that measles is serious. Mm. Children get sick. It's not just like a little bit of a rash and a snot nose and a fever. These children are properly ill mm. uh, with mm. very high hospitalization rates. Yeah, they said one in four. Yeah. So, at least in America, one in four. So we can unpack that quickly. You know, the, the, the outbreak we're seeing at the moment in South Africa has identified 382 cases since October. And uh, October last year, 2022. Uh, and we're now in January 2023. And... The majority of people who are getting sick, in fact, are uh, between the ages of four and nineteen years of age. Mm-hmm. But the highest so, pre- so previously vaccinated, or in in well, in that, essence, would, well, the point is in this out, in this outbreak, seventy mm-hmm. percent of the people with measles there is no recorded vaccination status. Okay, and of those where we know the vaccination status, only thirty nine percent have been vaccinated. Mm. So we'll talk about vaccines in a second. But the point I want to make is that even though the younger children under one year of age are not very are not getting lots of meals, they're not like the highest age group, they have the most hospitalizations. Mm-hmm. That's the other point. Is took me a long time to get there. <laughs> but the background import- is interesting. Yes. So, um, yes, very high hospitalization rates, especially mm-hmm. in the young children. Um, and that With points what? to the fact – sorry? With what? Pneumonia? Yes, pneumonia, dehydra- dehydration, because they're so sick, they're not, they're not drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they very often do get uh, a vomiting, but mm-hmm. generally it is. It's just generalized malaise, very high fevers, not able to drink, be dehydrated. And mm-hmm. as you say, pneumonia, you can get an encephalitis, meningitis with yes. measles as well. So like brain swelling type stuff. Mm, terrible. And then also in children that are vitamin A deficient, they can get very bad conjunctivitis. Mm. And they, the children are very predisposed to having middle ear infections as yeah. well. So it's a whole host of stuff. But the most, most severe is the pneumonia and the encephalitis and obviously the dehydration of the contract. So I think then what we should do is say, so what, what do we do in the community at the moment? So I think there are a few important points. The first is measles in South Africa is what's termed a notifiable disease, mm-hmm. urgently notifiable. So that mm-hmm. means that any child who is confirmed to have measles, that child needs to have a case definition form in, filled in needs to be sent to the Department of Health and be notified, and that child needs to be followed up, as do all the contacts, to understand the extent of spread and the vaccination status. I think just to put a bit of context to that, is it's the same as with COVID, like with the contact tracing. If you're positive, yeah. then the Department of Health would actually track you, and it's the same process. Yeah, same process. Hmm. So that's the first. The second thing is that any child who presents with any of the symptoms we measure, we've mentioned, cough, conjunctivitis, high fever, and rash, needs to have a, a form filled in and swabs taken, either either a throat swab and or a blood sample and sent for testing to confirm whether it's measles or not, because mm-hmm. what else can it be? So German measles or rubella is the, the, the rash is fairly similar, not as severe. The children are not nearly as sick and it's much more common than measles. Mm-hmm. So you do need to be able to separate out is it measles or is it German it's measles. It's also called the three-day rash. Yes, because measles is much more severe. So you want mm-hmm. to be sure that all your protective measures are there. 
And the last point I want to mention about this is that in the community, we often hear about, oh, my baby was diagnosed with measles, or my baby's got baby measles. This has got nothing to do with measles. They are completely separate viruses. Mm. And that's why the point that measles is such a serious illness, and that's really the hallmark of what we're saying about all of the, the symptoms and the fever and the length of time that children are really sick. So, so that's what you need to do. You need to confirm it by lab testing. You need to report it. And then the really sick children need to be admitted Mm. for supportive care. And Mike mentioned that children with um, measles, some of them get very bad conjunctivitis, some of them get very bad pneumonias. And in those children, we know if you give them high doses of vitamin A during the measles, you actually uh, assist them them tremendously and reduce Mm. the the bad outcome. So, So that's kind of where that is. So I think that's important. If you're considering that your child might have measles because of the symptoms you mentioned, you have to get hold of your healthcare provider. Mm. And and I think it's important as parents to ensure that your healthcare provider doesn't just go, oh, it's probably measles. Mm. Test it. Prove it. It needs to be. And I I think this also comes into what can – or what are the defining features to differentiate measles from rubella and from this baby measles or roseola? Mm. I think the measles and the rubella follows a very similar course, like you said. The rash is very similar, just that you're going to get quite a bit of lymphadenopathy, so lymph nodes that are enlarged, not as much respiratory stuff. In rubella. In rubella, yeah. compared to measles. And the difference between roseola and the other two is that you will have a fever, up to 40 degrees, sometimes even for five days, three to five days, but not much other symptoms. Like you can get a bit of sinus stuff, uh, runny nose, a bit of congestion, a bit of uh, coughing, but really not that much. But the classic feature of roseola or baby measles is that the fever disappears, and then within about 12 to 24 hours, the rash appears. Yeah. Whereas with other two, while you have the fever building, the rash comes. So what do we do about measles? I mean, the only way to prevent measles is by vaccination. Mm. Because it is so contagious... And for the, uh, you need to have 95% of your population vaccinated to prevent transmission. Or this herd immunity, immunity <clears throat> exactly. that we're talking about. Yeah, so 95% of the population, which gives you 95% herd immunity. So why are we having a measles outbreak now? So measles outbreaks in the past in South Africa have been in pockets of communities where they have chosen not to vaccinate or have not been vaccinated. What we're seeing now is a knock-on effect of COVID where mm-hmm. lots of people didn't get to get their normal vaccines because we were locked down, people were scared to mingle, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a quite a high um, catch-up required. So lots of people at this point in time have not been vaccinated. So the response now has to be, let's get people vaccinated as quickly as they can. Now, mm-hmm. rather than being discriminatory in what we're doing and saying, well, let's try and find all the people who have not previously been vaccinated, the way that these measles campaigns work is you choose an age group and here we've chosen between six months and 15 years of age. So, and that's what is qualified. So, we meaning the Department of Department Health and of therefore Health. South yeah. Africa. Department of Health, yeah, exactly. Us, us too. Yeah. We feel much part of the system though. Yes, we six do. Months, <laughs> six months to 15 years of age. Everybody have a measles vaccine. It doesn't matter whether you are fully vaccinated or not. It doesn't matter. The only thing I would say is try, if you've been vaccinated with measles, give it a month before you have your booster shot. Because even if you're fully vaccinated, we know that the vaccine doesn't necessarily work 100% in every single person. Mm. If you were a little bit ill at the time and you had your measles vaccine, maybe it didn't take so well. If you have had uh, courses of cortisone, if you are uh, ill in any other way, your vaccine may not have taken uh, as well. So that's the first thing. The only people who should not have a measles vaccine are those who are immunocompromised with serious immunocompromised conditions because measles is a live virus vaccine. 
Which means it can actually cause disease. Yeah. So, you, so that's it. Yeah. And I think the last part is what do you do if you have been exposed? So there's a, there may be some evidence that if you can give a measles vaccine to somebody within three days of them being exposed to somebody with proven measles, and that person has no reason not to have the measles vaccine, like the immunocompromised, so we're talking about otherwise healthy people, there may be a possibility that you can change the course of the measles in them. Yeah, It's not quite as uh, clear-cut as that. Essentially, the teaching has always been there's nothing much you can do. Mm. Uh, but that's really where it is, I would say. Mike, at the moment, everybody was just going to get a measles vaccine. Mm. You don't want your child getting measles. Yeah. Just like influenza. Exactly. In April, May, March, go get your, your influenza vaccine just because it prevents that spread. Yeah. Mm. So it's not, not necessarily to protect yourself, to protect other children and other people in your communities. Well, obviously, it will protect you as the individual yes. person. I mean, you're not going to get measles, or if you do get it, you're not going to get it as badly as yeah. it would have been if you had not been vaccinated. It's more for the altruism of but it. But the point <laughs> is that you need 95% of the population vaccinated against measles to stop an outbreak. Mm. And remember, the definition they use for an outbreak is three or more cases in a specific geographic area within a four-week period. Yeah. So, and for example, 380. Yeah, and, and in, the, in the entire Gauteng province in South Africa, since October last year, we've had 16 cases, one six cases. Yeah. So, where is the majority? I don't in, Lim, know in Limpopo. Oh, Limpopo. Yeah, okay. that's which is quite close to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's yeah. yeah, I think that's the point people should make. Try try and be very clear about what we're seeing. Does it fit with measles or not? Rather react quickly than guess. Mm -hmm. Make sure that the swabs or the bloods are done to prove it. Um, and then react based on the result. Mm. And Speaking otherwise, of provider. <laughs> yes. And otherwise, go and get your measles vaccine. Yeah. Before it's too late. Yes. Yeah. I think that's it. Right. Thank you very much for listening. We will carry on with our normal programming next week. And if your children have allowed you to, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.careforkids.co.za and that's the numeral four and subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook. At two Pete in a podcast. At two Pete in a podcast. T-W-O, not the numerical two. This is our disclaimer. The information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion. We're giving it to you for your own information. Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.